0: Episode 14 of Making Friends starts now.
1: This episode of Making Friends is brought to you by stairs.
0: There is a floor, and there's another floor. But the floor is way up there. You better take the stairs. Stairs. Do not settle for lower-quality off-brand uh, uh, imitators, such as uh, escalators or lifts or elevators. Fuck, fuck all of those. Get The, the stairs are better. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is the long-awaited Dave Cactus episode. And i got to say, it was so great to talk to him. Uh, one thing I noticed when I was listening back to this was that uh, well, we just sound like a couple of old geezers recounting the good old days. We've only known each other for a year and a half, but that's the way it goes. Dave is one of those guys that is like uh, like an onion, where he's just so full of interesting details and stories, but he's kind of modest, so he's not just going to come right out and say him. You have to unpeel Dave and uh, watch him bloom and come to life. So listen for his stories and uh, listen for him. He's In this episode, you will hear Dave Cactus stick a certain amount of quarters up his nose. Uh, And it's all true. It all unfolded right before my eyes. But I don't want to ruin anything for you. By the way, we are sponsored by Stairs today. Mike Bigby did that reading at the top of the podcast. Uh, So thank you, Stairs, for sponsoring us. Do not settle for any substitute. Stick with Original Stairs. That being said, here's episode number 14 of Making Friends with Mark McGark, featuring the delightful, the funny, the intelligent, the extremely good-looking Dave Cactus. Find him on Twitter at Dave underscore Cactus. Your mom, I don't know her, but I imagine she is a gem of a person.
1: She is. She's one of my favorite humans of all time.
0: That's so good. Not everybody has a friendship with their mother, but you have a, you have a special relationship. How, um, I know you guys have been taking motorcycle classes. Like, a, What is it, a motorcycle training class or a, a, a safety is, class?
1: It's the Harley Davidson Rider Training Academy, and I have passed. She's still working on it.
0: Congratulations.
1: Wait, what are you drinking? Iron Brew?
0: (laughs) It's that orange Scottish soda.
1: It is, it's disgusting, but it's okay in its own way too. (laughs) Uh,
0: I didn't realize it was pronounced Iron Brew. I always thought Urn Brew.
1: It's pronounced Iron Brew. There you go.
0: (laughs) There's no uh, vowel, I didn't know, in that first word
1: (laughs) Except for the I at the beginning
0: Oh, I guess so Oh, there's one, (laughs) alright I know what vowels are Yes, of course (laughs) Well, congrats on passing your training class And I believe I sent your mother an encouraging postcard That Mm -hmm. hopefully motivated her to go back to her class and keep trying It's not easy
1: it's not easy, and you were very encouraging. As was the real Eatwood, who I met yesterday. Very jealous of both of you.
0: <laughs> he's cool. I like him. He doesn't get to hang out much because we both live in New York City, but he lives like in far away Queens, and he has a family, and he's got parental responsibilities. But every once in a while, he'll find some time and he'll cruise into the city. And now I'm trying to hang out with him whenever possible, because I like that
1: guy. He is a good guy. I've been to Queens and I enjoy it. I also enjoyed the Bronx when I was there.
0: You gotta come back. You went to a Yankees game,
1: I imagine, in the Bronx. I did go to a Yankees game. Have you ever been?
0: I have been, yeah. It's fun.
1: Yeah? I have an interesting story about that Yankees game, if you have a moment.
0: Um, actually, I think we're about to wrap up. I don't know.
1: All right, well. (laughs) What's your story? If you're familiar with Yankee Stadium and the surrounding area, you understand that if you're smart, you would take a taxi or public transit of some sort. Oh, yeah, you would never try to drive in. Well, since I was from out of town, I drove in. (laughs) Dave! Dave! (laughs) <laughs> I dropped off my companions at the front gate, I suppose, and I said, well, I'll find some place to park and I'll be right there. And of course, there's nowhere to park nearer than, say, the Mets Stadium. but
0: <laughs> Which managed... is on the other
1: side of Queens. <laughs> right. But I managed to uh, go past a barricade and I parked right next to Yankee Stadium on the street. And I thought, well, whatever, they'll just tow my car and I'll pay whatever. I don't care. I'm going to see this game. So I go in and see the game. Don't tell anybody where I parked. And then as we're coming out of the game, I say, hey, just so you know, uh, the car might not be there when we get back. Really? <laughs> and as we get out, they're towing away everybody else who had that idea, and we were four or five cars away. So I parked for free right next to Yankee Stadium, which I'm told by everyone in New York will never happen.
0: Holy cow. <laughs> Are you always so lucky?
1: No. (laughs) My normal luck is that somebody would have somehow destroyed my car and I would have got billed for it. So I felt good about that day.
0: (laughs) Okay. My favorite part about that story is the part that probably describes the most about your character. Is that without question, you dropped your companions off so that they they didn't have to stress over parking. You took that full on on yourself. You say, you guys go enjoy the game. I'll be there soon.
1: Right, exactly. And I think
0: that's in my mind. That's who Dave Cactus
1: is—the most
0: considerate person possibly on planet Earth.
1: Possibly, I haven't met everybody on planet Earth, but you might be right.
0: I might. So far, you're in the lead. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When when was the last time you were in New York? 2011. The years go by. They do. You're coming back soon, right? I need to. Possibly
1: as soon as next year.
0: Come see me and V and Elvish and Rue and the whole crew in New York. Right? Uh, Bat Karen. Bat Karen. Rachel Mandick. Kim Monty. It's a big crew.
1: It's an excellent crew. I'm sure we're
0: just scratching the surface.
1: Sure. I had so many excellent Twitter people in my city, I'd be meeting them all the time.
0: Well, you have met a few.
1: I have. Met a few.
0: What was the last one you did? Chicago? Philadelphia?
1: Mm, yeah, one of those two. I went to both of them <laughs> this year and they were great. And I also am having Kyle Patrick come to Denver in 10 days.
0: The handsomest.
1: The handsomest. <laughs>
0: He's uh, he's on his way to L.A., I think. He's going to school at UCLA, grad school.
1: He is, and we're going to go to the Denver Botanic Gardens and possibly do drinking, which I'm not very familiar with, but I'm acceptable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, when Kyle comes around, you do whatever Kyle wants to do,
1: Dave. That's pretty much the rule, yes.
0: Yeah, that's the rule with Kyle. <laughs> you You're not a big drinker, I've noticed that, but you... Encourage other people to indulge their vices. You don't seem to have any problem with them.
1: I have no problem with it. Not a drinker. I've had in my whole life eight shots of Jägermeister, and that's it.
0: That's is that that's all the alcohol that has touched those gorgeous lips of yours.
1: Stop. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but wait, you. When I first met you, online, of course, you. We're making your own wine you were making like a cool kind of uh not not from grapes you were making parsnip wine if i remember correctly
1: yep i've made parsnip wine pear wine watermelon wine um various types of wines i don't really care for them myself but my partner in crime woody b is a big alcohol fan so to say <laughs> and we've made gallons and gallons probably 25 gallons of wine
0: wow. And you've bottled it and given it as gifts?
1: For the most part, yeah. Legally, you can't sell it. But uh, I can sell you a glass bottle and whatever's in it is free and, <laughs> you know...
0: <laughs> Loopholes.
1: I had the bottles designed by the great Sarah Shockey, if you're familiar with her.
0: Of course I'm familiar with her. She's an excellent artist, among other things
1: she is i met her in chicago and she's a very nice outgoing person
0: that doesn't surprise me one bit it's um she's one of those people and there are a lot of them but i mean she's of course individual and incredibly special in her own right but we've met a lot of people on this dumb website that are multi-talented generous kind have amazing skills that you would never expect and like someone like Sarah, they just keep coming one after the other, her skills that she has. It's like, what can't you do, Sarah? But that's one thing that I love about this website is you, you meet a bunch of talented people.
1: You do. You meet a bunch of people with whom you otherwise might not hang out. People whose differences of opinion might keep you from being friends in other ways. But I find that to be okay, too.
0: What do you think joins us? What do you think makes us step over those boundaries, even when it's somebody that we wouldn't normally hang out with in real life?
1: In our group, it's got to be the love of making jokes, making people laugh, making people happy in some way. I'm totally okay with that.
0: I'm okay with that, too. Yeah, I think if we all come together over jokes, and as you say, making people laugh and happy, then... What do we have to lose? What do we have to lose? Nothing. Nothing to lose. Right. We can only gain... Why Friendships.
1: Friendships and making friends, of course, with art.
0: Um, okay, I, I wrote down a bunch of stuff because I know you are filled with stories, and I want to get the full stories when I have you today. So, I hope, you, I hope you're in a storytelling mood. Always. So, okay, I have a couple of these lined up, um, but a lot of these stories involve your work. Are you comfortable talking a little bit about your job?
1: We can talk about anything you'd like, sir.
0: Thank you, sir. So you work at a tire place. What what exactly do you do?
1: I am the store manager of a Firestone Complete Auto Care. Sell tires, we fix cars, we put interesting things on the sign.
0: (laughs) We or you?
1: Mostly me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you use that sign well. Oh, what an honor it is when a tweet goes up on that sign. But we'll get to that. The first thing I want to know is there was one time that you were working on a car and you found a bunny. You, can, we, can you talk about that?
1: We found a bunny in the car. I took a picture of it and I did a, a little mock, uh, retweet this for a chance to win the bunny. And While I was tweeting that, the bunny left having no part of my contest. He was completely unhurt, maybe a little shook up from the ride.
0: You think, what happened? He was, you see, he just kind of like burrowed in there uh, and nobody knew until they brought it there and you were the first to discover that, oh, there's a bunny inside this engine well.
1: (laughs) Probably he got in there for warmth and then when he discovered that we were looking at him, he freaked out and took off. I couldn't really interview him for his commentary on the situation, (laughs) so I can only guess.
0: I'm glad to hear that he took off, because I remember I had to, I think I was working too, so I didn't get the full story, but the last that I left off, he was in the engine well and wasn't going anywhere, and so I was concerned that we were not going to get him out in time.
1: Yeah, I was concerned about that also, and I would not have let them take the car if his life was in danger.
0: That's what I remember. You were adamant about not giving, I think the customer was even complaining, just like, take care of it, but you, you, Mr. Heart of Hearts, would not allow any harm to come to that bunny just for the mere convenience of a single customer.
1: Right. Of course, he left on his own accord and all was well in the world.
0: <laughs> okay. Did you get in trouble for that? No. No. Well, you're the manager. You'd you just have to get in trouble by yourself, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, and then I'd just send myself home for a few days. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, that's not the only thing you found in cars. Do you want to just go over a couple of fun things that you found inside of cars? You, you might know where I'm leading you.
1: Hmm. Well, other than finding things in tires, which is pretty common, um, on one occasion I did find a biscuit underneath a brake pad. <laughs> The customer was complaining that the vehicle was hard to stop and of course when I looked in the vehicle there was a 7-Eleven sausage biscuit still in its wrapper ice cold underneath the brake pedal and I said, perhaps this has something to do with your braking difficulty and this lovely lady says, oh there you are you naughty little biscuit and proceeded to eat it What? (laughs) What?
0: she ate the ice cold biscuit that she'd been stomping on with her
1: foot (laughs) I hate to imagine that again but yes she did
0: right in front of you
1: yes just as she got back in the car and took off so I like to think this won't be the last time that a biscuit prevents her from using her brakes
0: (laughs) (laughs) what kind of person is she
1: (laughs) she's just a hungry person (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, just a hungry person
1: I don't know. I'm not here to judge
0: <laughs> did she return
1: she's been back um she was back just a couple of days ago, and there was another biscuit and this time it was in the back seat. <laughs> I think she may have learned her lesson
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, now she probably by default throws them behind her rather than letting them drop in front of her and get under a brake pedal
1: it's a very it's a safety concern really. Yeah. Biscuit's going to get in the back seat, it's going to stink, okay. But if the biscuit gets under your pedals, you may have difficulty controlling your vehicle.
0: And your hunger. You may have difficulty controlling your hunger.
1: Right, right. You just have to buy another biscuit.
0: Okay. We're not all made of money that we can just buy biscuits all willy-nilly whenever (laughs) we feel like it.
1: Yeah, well.
0: um, And then, what about the sign? Uh, when when did it occur to you that that sign was the perfect opportunity to highlight the talents of your friends?
1: That would be December or maybe November of 2015 when I got into my first DM room with Upside Down Trash or Benjamin or Will. I was not the store manager at this point. I was barely above nobody at this point in time. But my manager went on vacation, and I said, kind of in a joking way, hey, I should put people's tweets up on our sign. Will was very encouraging, said people would love that. Yes, you should. So I put five people up there the week he was on vacation, and they loved it. And at the time, I was such a small Twitter account that those uh, signed tweets were my five top tweets. for A very long time. And, uh, yeah, I grew to really enjoy that, and now that I'm the boss, I can put them on my bike. As of right now, 42 tweets have been up on the sign.
0: Ah, that's incredible. Um, There was a time when you weren't the manager when you had some anxiety about putting them on the (laughs) sign. I think you would put them up, take a picture, and then immediately take them down.
1: Not immediately, but within hours.
0: Yeah, because you didn't want anybody to find out.
1: Right, because I felt like if I'm going to get fired over something, I don't really want it to be this, whereas now I'm more okay with that. You know? My boss has been in, and he has seen the witticisms on the sign, and although I'm sure he doesn't approve, he hasn't said anything bad, so...
0: Well, we'll let's continue. see. Do you have criteria that you use when you put up a sign? Because since you are sort of representing... A certain company, or even just like the one branch of that franchise you you kind of have to be aware like not to do anything offensive, got to make sure it doesn't have curse words, or maybe maybe I'm wrong. Do you do you have anything that you pay attention to when you do that
1: no, you're definitely correct. Um, I have to avoid swearing on the sign, I have to avoid any sort of thing that might be offensive to anybody, which cuts out more tweets than you might imagine, yeah including people's names. For instance, I'd love to put Chloe on the sign, but her her handle prevents me from doing so. Same with the Venichuk brothers, if you remember them.
0: Let's see, I think they both have the word tit in their name.
1: You are correct. I'm not putting that up there. <laughs> <clears throat> but other than that, I like to find something that has universal appeal, not just a Twitter joke. It can't be dialogue because I don't have any punctuation and it would read like a telegram (laughs) and has to be somewhat succinct although I did put a tweet up by Bat Karen that took the entire sign up I was very very happy with that
0: yeah once in a while
1: once in a while while,
0: you can put up a long one (laughs) that's how you know it's a really good long one but there was a there's a time you didn't even have enough letters that you were limited by the amount of letters you had yeah there were many times that I had to throw away what I thought was a really good tweet because I didn't have say 17 Ls. <laughs> Did you, have you ever put your own tweet up there?
1: Nope, oh, never have. F-
0: when it was your birthday, a bunch of us tried to convince you to do that. I don't I don't know if you remember that. Remember. But w- we wanted we wanted to pick one of yours and have you put it up, but you resisted.
1: Yeah, and I've said if I do put one of mine up, it will be, if I'm leaving that job, I will put it up as my final tweet on the sign.
0: Any other work stories that you're dying to tell?
1: Mm, not really.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Work's just work, man.
0: <laughs> work is work. Well, you've had several jobs. Like, you, you used to be a big tech guy in, uh, in the first boom back in the 1900s.
1: I did. I owned my own business during the dot-com boom of the 1900s. It was very good to me for a very long time. I made some good money, and then almost like flipping a switch, I made no money. So I moved on to bigger and brighter things.
0: What, what happened? The bubble just burst?
1: The bubble burst. Um, I went from doing jobs where I was making, say, $25,000 a week, setting up <laughs> internet providers, to my last year at that job, making $6,000 all year.
0: Oof, that's a, that's a big fall from grace.
1: And they were back-to-back years, so imagine <laughs> how enjoyable fast. that was for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, do you, are there any lasting bits of, uh, that you maybe created that have lasting impacts even into today? Like any contributions to technology that stick around?
1: Um, I don't think so. I think all those websites have come and gone it uh, look they would look like a dinosaur by modern standards, but did a lot of database work, a lot of what I felt to be groundbreaking thing and now you know people are doing so much better. I don't know it's It's kind of sad in a way, but I'm glad that glad that I had that opportunity.
0: yeah, drinking that
1: Urn Brew. Iron brew There you go. Wu-Tang Crang would be very happy with your pronunciation.
0: You know, I just recently started in my head saying everything that he says in a Scottish accent, and it makes it so much clearer.
1: It really does. Uh, Scottish Twitter is a true joy if you happen upon a bunch of their funny tweets, but you must read them in the Scottish accent.
0: You really must. Like, you, you might see something from a Scottish tweeter and be like, what is this weird grammatical function that they are using? Why did they put that word in there? But then you say it as if you were Shrek, and it suddenly all comes together. <laughs>
1: that, that's a good way to look at it. I hadn't thought about the Shrek angle.
0: <laughs> so what, what, tell me a little bit more about your life. What happened after that big fall from the dot-com bust?
1: Well, I moved on from there to working at Arby's, which you wouldn't think would be great, but it was actually a a pay increase at the time. I felt like I was accomplishing nothing in life and eventually moved from North Carolina back out here to Denver with my family.
0: When you moved back to Denver, did you have a future in mind or, or was it just like, I need to go back and reassess Like, I need to touch home base and figure out what's
1: next? It was a little of both. I had plans to become a tractor-trailer driver. I went through the whole training course on that. Spent a lot of money on it, only to realize that I didn't like it. Oof. That's okay. I feel okay about it. If I had to drive one, I could, but I would rather not.
0: (laughs) That's perfectly fine. You (laughs) You got your license.
1: I came very close to getting my license, but I left uh one half day before i would have taken the test because my grandmother was very ill and i had to come out here and i never went back Mm. i've theoretically done nothing as far as uh the state is concerned on getting your license either you have it or you don't i'm okay with that
0: okay well i mean you're not going to use it so why bother getting
1: it right ride a motorcycle and that's different
0: Sometimes that's what we have to do, is choose a path and go down it a little ways until we figure out it's not for us, and then we turn around and come back.
1: I yeah. do. I would hate to have been cemented into something that I disliked.
0: I would hate for you to do that, too. Are there, uh, did you learn anything about truck? Do, do they have uh, uh, an automatic driving code that you can <laughs> press and take a nap while the truck continues along its merry way? Is that true? You can tell us. You didn't get your license, so you you officially have no ties to this.
1: You could theoretically fall asleep while you were driving, yes. I wouldn't suggest it. Are you <laughs> serious? I'm, I'm serious in the, the sense that you could die doing that, yes. Oh. <laughs> There's no safe way to do it. They have cruise control, I guess, is what I'm getting at.
0: Well, cars have cruise control. <laughs> they do. There was that episode of The Simpsons where Homer became a truck driver. And he uh, discovered that there was a device that truck drivers used where they could press a button and they could easily go to sleep, and the truck would take care of itself and go down uh, just go down the road on its own.
1: If that were true, I would be doing that right now.
0: <laughs> that would make it bearable, huh
1: That would make it totally bearable.
0: What do you think it was that um, turned you off from it? The, the long days, the distances,
1: yeah, the whole distances the uh, being alone factor, the possibility that just by hitting somebody you could destroy them very yeah. easily. That didn't sit well with. I totally get it. It's a lot of responsibility for somebody else,
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did, did you at least learn to trust the truck drivers, the people in your class with you? Do you think that we can trust them to be safe on the road?
1: Very much so.
0: Whew. okay, <laughs> big sigh of relief. Dave, you're also a big sports fan and music fan and fan of all arts and ways of expressing yourself. And you, uh, you're not shy about reaching out to celebrities.
1: You are correct.
0: So tell us a little bit about your autograph collection.
1: Oh man, I've got probably a thousand autographs. Different football players, actors, singers. Um, Some of them I've met in person. You know, living in Denver, I get the chance to meet a lot of Broncos. And a lot of them I've just written to. The Miami Dolphins were my big team for a while. Write to them and say, Dear such and such Miami Dolphins player, Really admired you. Would you mind signing this card for me? Half the time they say yes, and the other half you get nothing, which is okay. You're not obligated to send you anything. I recently heard back from Ted Nugent. <laughs> <a very interesting laughs> what did he man. say? Uh, he said nothing. He just signed my record album and mailed it back. Okay. Yep.
0: What, are, what are some of the ones you're proudest of?
1: Oh, let's see. I would have to say the Vaseline's, who were one of my favorite bands when I was a teenager. Nice. Um, John Glenn orbited the Earth. The astronaut. Yep. Yeah.
0: How'd you get that one?
1: I wrote to him at the Ohio State University and asked him if he would be interested in signing a, uh, a picture for me, and he did. Very nice. I'm trying to think of some others, but I'm kind of at a loss here. Um, I've got four of the Five Spice Girls.
0: Who's missing?
1: Uh, Victoria Beckham.
0: Posh. Indeed. <laughs> you, you. Uh, I asked you before we talked for a playlist to get me warmed up and prepped to talk to you, and you recommended some amazing songs that I haven't heard in a while. And among those songs was the gem from the 1990s, "Wannabe," by the spicy girls
1: <laughs> I love that particular song it's impossible to listen to that song and be in a bad mood
0: I completely agree with you well, when I when that song came out I was probably I don't even remember but I, uh, I got it I, I did the thing where you listen to the radio with the cassette in the tape deck and you press record when the song comes on so I recorded a bunch of songs that way I made a mixtape for this summer camp I went to, which was at the University of Florida, and it was like a music summer camp, because I played saxophone, so it was like jazz, and classical music, and rock music, and like we would just go and spend our time there, and it was a sleepover camp, and so I had, I was staying in a dorm with a couple of other people, I put in my mixtape, which I knew was straight fire, <laughs> and I played it. And the song Wannabe came on by the Spice Girls. But I was in a dorm with other dudes, in a dorm room with other dudes, and I guess that they were practicing what we refer to now as toxic masculinity. Mm. And they were not fans of the Spice Girls and couldn't compute how a boy could be a fan of the Spice Girls. And so they got so angry that they took my shoes and threw them out the window.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That seems like an odd overreaction. (laughs) But <laughs> I agree. Being around toxic masculinity, I understand. I could see how people could do that.
0: Yeah, but I didn't didn't deter me from being a Spice Girls fan one bit. That's
1: good. That's good. When that album came out, I was friends with a guy named Amos, and he was a very gothic person back before the gothics were made fun of. You would see, everybody loved the gothic; they were scary. This guy has long hair and black fingernails. He must be scary. And I had just purchased a Marilyn Manson CD and the Spice Girls. And I gave Amos a ride and I said, Which would you rather listen to? And he looks and he says, You know, I can listen to Marilyn Manson any day. Let's hear the Spice Girls. And we listened to it front to back. I feel okay <laughs> about that.
0: Well, oh, good for Amos, opening up a realm of possibilities. He took advantage. <laughs> Indeed, indeed. Did, did it change him? Did he start dressing in halter tops of hot pink as opposed to trench coats of solid black?
1: Not to my knowledge, but I like to think that every now and then he looks back and says, I remember one day listening to the Spice Girls and it was okay.
0: <laughs> I bet he does. <laughs> um, I also did some depressing research on the playlist that you suggested to me. Uh, so the first song that you suggested was Smells Like Teen Spirit by a little group known as Nirvana. Yes, sir. And Dave, do you know what year that song came out?
1: Um, I would say 1991.
0: That's absolutely correct. 1991, which makes it 26 years old. And so I thought, okay, we're 26 years away from Smells Like Teen Spirit. But what about in the other direction? What happened 26 years before? Smells like teen spirit. So where we are now, but in verse. And so I looked at the Hot 100 number one songs from the year 1991, and then went back 25 years to um, 1965. 26 years, I mean. And just to give you a, a hint, some of the number one songs were Satisfaction, I Got You, Babe.
1: Yes.
0: Yesterday. It's just unbelievable. Like, what a different time. But that's the exact same amount of years from Nirvana, from uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit, as we are on this very day.
1: That really puts a lot of it in perspective. Um, I can't imagine living in a time when I Can't Get No Satisfaction was the number one song. For three weeks. There are people who are alive now who probably couldn't imagine Smells Like Teen Spirit being the number one song.
0: Well, it was number six.
1: Well, it was number one in my heart.
0: (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Do you know what the number one song of this year so far is? I do not. Uh, It's a song called The Shape of You by Ed Sheeran.
1: I see. I saw a tweet about that song and that's all that I could tell you about it.
0: So music changes man I I remember when Smells Like Teen Spirit came out um, I was pretty young I was born in 84 so like I I wasn't fully developed as a human being yet but I remember staying inside in the hot Florida weather with the AC on and watching MTV and seeing that video which is like a depressing kind of like kind of like dimly lit video, I think it it took place in a gym for the most part, like a high school gym, and there were cheerleaders with anarchy symbols on their breasts, Yes. and I remember watching that, and even then, at such a young age, I was like, man, things are changing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I remember when that video came out, and that song, and it changed my whole outlook on music, it was 100% the reason I picked up a guitar was 100% the reason I'm into music like I am today. Prior to that, my favorite song was Jump by Crisscross, Cross, which there's nothing wrong with that song. Those are the only (laughs) two tapes I've ever worn out, are the single to Jump and the single to Smells Like Teen Spirit. (laughs) Nice.
0: Yeah, when that song came out, some of my friends got guitars, and then I would go over to their house, and they'd be like, dude, I just got this guitar, check this out. -dun 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 dun 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 dun, dun 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 and they would play that. Mm-hmm. Everybody was playing that.
1: It could have been me if we were friends 25 years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, uh, speaking, we were earlier talking about multi-talented people whose talents just sort of creep up on you. The more you know them, the more you find out about them. And that's exactly you. You, you once, not too long ago, shared a video of you playing guitar. And I was like... Jesus Christ! What can't this guy do?
1: <laughs> I can't play guitar very well, but I was in a band as early as 1994. We did a very <laughs> few simple Nirvana covers, uh, a couple of our own songs. Played the talent show at, or no, we didn't play the talent show. We played the after prom party in 1996 at high school, and we were so bad they brought in a DJ to uh, play louder than us and make us leave. <laughs>
0: He played over you? He
1: sure did. But looking back, we totally deserved it. So, right on. (laughs) I
0: I had this, I completely relate because I was in a band at the, in like the middle of high school where we played a show and we started to do a, a song, or a Cars cover, a cover by that band, The Cars. And as soon as we played the first like four notes, just those notes already were so bad. That I remember a girl I had a crush on in the audience just called out, "No!" Like, that. <laughs> so that sounds didn't like go a over good, so well. vivid
1: memory. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. Rather than have people yell how bad we were, they just left and they were indifferent, which I think is worse. Because at least if they were booing us, we would have played worse and had a better time. You think so? I do. My bandmates might disagree.
0: And then here's another revealing thing about you: you're so modest, but that's okay. That's not a bad quality to have. But you, your image is on a very large mural in Denver.
1: It is. It sure is. It's right up there at the train station at 60th and Federal, and it's probably 18 feet tall. It's a, it's a painting of me interacting with a small silhouette. I feel pretty good about that. I don't know anybody else who's ever been on a mural commissioned by the city and county of Denver.
0: You're the only but, one I know.
1: Yeah, well, there we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how did, well, first of all, how did you get involved with that? And second, why did they do you with a interacting with a tiny silhouette?
1: Um. Well, I responded to a call put out by RTD, which is Denver's regional transportation district, buses and trains and transit, And they were looking for people who would represent your typical Denverite. And I said, well, I'm very typical. I will submit a headshot. So I immediately took a picture of myself and sent it in. And they said, yes, come on down. We want you to be one of these models. So <laughs> down I went and posed for a few pictures. And uh, there are maybe two or three larger-than-life sized pictures on there and then there's a bunch of them who are smaller in silhouette and I talked to the artist about it he says yeah what we want you to do is act like you're maybe picking up one of these silhouettes or holding them or or whatnot and I said well this is the 2010s man if I saw a person of this size walking around the first thing I do is whip out my phone and take a picture of it and that's exactly the picture that's up on the wall me oh, holding brilliant. my camera, taking a picture of a little silhouette person.
0: <laughs> I love that. You collaborated, Dave.
1: I did. I did. <laughs> I got paid nothing for it, but uh, I am famous, at least among the people who see that train station mural.
0: Has anybody ever come up to you and be like, "Wait, do do I wait? Are, your face. Where do I know you from?"
1: <laughs> no, not yet. I'm still waiting on that.
0: I hope it happens, or I hope like somebody has at least quietly noticed you, and maybe just kept it to themselves. Like, oh, that's the mural guy. Tell anybody, but that's the guy
1: in the mural.
0: <laughs> oh my God! He came to life.
1: <laughs> Go check the mural. If he's not there, run. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which phone did you use in this image? Because you have a smartphone, and then you also have an older phone.
1: I do. I've got an old flip phone, but I used my Samsung Galaxy S7. I didn't think that the flip phone would represent anybody and their modern use of technology.
0: Gotta keep with the times. Although that flip phone gives you a couple of extra characters on Twitter, I hear, so I hear.
1: It's a secret only us real good tweeters know about. I did a lot of my early good tweets on that flip phone and everybody in the chat room would implore me to get rid of it. You don't know how bad that phone is until you get a new one. Were they right? They were right.
0: <laughs> All right, justice is served. Um here oh man, you're so full of stories. Uh you Here's one uh, another favorite story about you is the time that you mailed in a tweet to Twitter <laughs> headquarters.
1: I did. I, I did. I looked up the address to Twitter headquarters, and I had a throwaway tweet about uh, my sacrifice being reimagined as my sack of rice. I wrote it <laughs> on a small piece of paper,
0: <laughs> the Creed song, "My Sacrifice."
1: I, I mailed it in thinking nothing of it and then maybe three weeks later I noticed I was getting likes on something that I never tweeted so I looked into it and sure <laughs> enough there it was
0: <laughs> they did it for you and to prove like if anybody ever questions the authenticity of this story they're like okay no Dave's just saying that he mailed it in they would never ever actually publish it on twitter.com there is proof right there Can, will you tell us what the proof is
1: Ah, uh, the proof is that it the location shows from san francisco california where i've never been so it would have been a very expensive prank to fly to san francisco just to pull it <laughs> off myself but i did not
0: oh man i wonder if you're the only one who has done that
1: i would like to
0: think so i, I would like to think so too uh, okay uh oh, oh the next thing i want to ask you about is classic cars you uh, you have at least two classic cars that I know about, and from what I can tell, you refuse to drive anything newer than say, I'm just throwing out a year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Nineteen eighty.
1: Um, the newest vehicle I've ever had is a van. It's from nineteen ninety four. But, but that's that... a
0: van. That's that's like a pragmatic vehicle. <laughs>
1: the. Newest vehicle apart from that I've ever owned was a 1990 Buick Station Wagon. Most of them were late 70s to early 80s cars. About 45.
0: What? <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> I think I remember telling you I had a job where I made unnecessary amounts of money when I was in my 20s, and I would just buy classic cars. Oh At one my point, God! I had 12.
0: 12 in your 12 car garage,
1: 12 in my driveway.
0: <laughs> well where well first of all, that knocks me out. I didn't know that you made like you just you saying you made a lot of money doesn't mean a lot in my head because I don't actually know what a lot of money looks like until you throw out the 45 cars figure. <laughs> then it all comes together. <laughs> but anyway, where where did uh where did this uh Uh, where did this appreciation for classic cars come from?
1: Um, I've always had older cars. My first car was a 1979 AMC Concorde that my great-grandfather gave to me when he passed on. From then on, I was always a broke teenager and I could only buy older cars. Then when I could buy the cars that I wanted, it was those cars that I had liked. I stuck with them. And... I think it's about 45 cars total. They weren't all beautiful, pristine, showroom-type cars, but I have had them. The neighbors always loved seeing all of my cars out there in front of their
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. house. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Do you ever have pangs of conscience about um, environmental impacts?
1: Um, honestly, I don't. Uh, having the older cars, I think is a little environmentally conscious in its own way and that I'm saving it from going to a junkyard and then having to buy a brand new car.
0: Okay, that's an interesting way to look at it. It is. And a valid point.
1: It's different, I suppose. Hey, I'm an environmentalist because I drive an 87 Cadillac. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing I've noticed about you is that you practice excellent grammar and mechanics in your tweets. And if you come up with an idea, because I've been with you in rooms when you've come up with an idea, um, but it involved uh, incorrect punctuation or not enough characters to spell things out completely, for instance, you you would just drop it. No matter how good it was, you would not do it.
1: Yeah, I may lose a comma here and there, as long as it doesn't render it incoherent, but... um shortening the word U to the letter U for instance will never be done.
0: That makes you twist. sick doesn't it? It does. makes you want to vomit.
1: It does. I've actually thrown up three times just thinking about
0: it. <laughs> uh, does that come from somewhere? Were you perhaps an English
1: major? I was an English major oddly yeah, enough. Yeah. Me too. Excellent. Long but I ago. have
0: a uh, I I think I have an approach to it where I appreciate how grammar and language changes over time and changes depending on scenarios. And so sometimes I do get frustrated and sometimes I I, uh, willingly use incorrect punctuation. And other times I just think about it as like exploring possibilities of punctuation. You know what I mean? It's like uh, like innovating with, with punctuation.
1: I can appreciate that, and I will not uh, ignore one of your tweets or anybody's tweets just for that reason, but I will continue to do my Twitter my way. That's what makes us a great big world full of different personalities and opinions.
0: Yes, very much so. Um, Okay, we're going to get to the questions in a minute from our friends. Before we get to the questions, when I originally put out a call for questions in May, uh, you suggested a question that nobody asked. So I'm going to repeat that question to you, which is your question to yourself. Sound good? Sure. Do, you, do you remember what it is?
1: I sure don't. It's been a long <laughs> time. But <laughs>
0: All Thank right, you. I'm going to read you your words exactly. The question you asked yourself is, I hope somebody asks, how many quarters that dude can fit up his nose? I bet it's a buck fifty. It is. It sure <laughs>
1: is. I was, I, I was real good at guessing that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry nobody asked that, and you had to ask yourself.
1: Yeah, initially when I was approached by you for this podcast, I thought it was going to be a video podcast. As you recall, I was in a vehicle at the time, trying to be funny, and yeah. I was going to put the quarters in my nose for everybody to see, but <laughs> since it's just me and you, I would feel weird about it, so you're just going to have to take my word for it.
0: You had them at the ready? I did. Dave, I am 100% willing, 110% willing, to take a break for you to go grab a fifty worth of quarters and come back here and prove it to me on the air.
1: <laughs> well... Just see what I've got in my magic coin collection here. I may have it. <laughs> I'm not going to go to the store for it, so if I don't have it, then people will just have to wait. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. I just said I wasn't going to do this, and you see how little convincing it took for me to do it.
0: You're a bit of an exhibitionist at times. I've seen you, I've seen pictures of you eating cereal on the toilet. Yes. In a suit. In a suit with your pants down, eating cereal on the toilet.
1: Well, the realism is very important for me. My pants were (laughs) up, people would look at it and go, oh, he just sat there.
0: The pants were down, if anybody wants to know. They were down. down. We have picture proof. Okay, what do you have? Uh, okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six quarters in your hands. <laughs> Is he going to do them all? There's one. <laughs> no. Two. They're going in the nose. Three. He's uh, alternating nostrils. Four. It's, it's happening. Five. Six. He did it. A buck fifty of quarters in his nose. He did it.
1: (laughs) I'm now going to mail these quarters to Rocky Momax.
0: (laughs) Ah, yay. This is me clapping. What a great trick.
1: Excellent. Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you so much, Dave. You're such a good sport.
1: I try to be.
0: (laughs) Okay, um... Okay, the questions, but first I want to read a couple of my favorite tweets of yours, and maybe you can tell me where they came from. Uh, probably the first tweet of yours that uh, I absolutely fell in love with was the one where uh, it's a lunchbox tweet. The, the setup is, I open my lunchbox to find a copy of the Magna Carta. But that means, and we cut to British library patrons thoughtfully examining... A Capri Sun.
1: <laughs> I loved doing that tweet. I had to look up where the Magna Carta is kept. I honestly <laughs> did not know prior to that. But, the British hmm, Library. Yep, if your tweet is to be believed. If it is, if it's still there, <laughs> then my tweet is true.
0: <laughs> um. Okay, oh, then this one, which was your top for a while. I don't know if this is still your top tweet, but this was one that you reference a lot. It's, it's, a, it's a tweet about entering a password. So you get a prompt that says, enter password, and you type in, my penis, with <laughs> lots of E's. And then you get a prompt that says, error, password, too long. So you high-five your laptop right off the desk.
1: That was my first tweet that got a lot of exposure. Uh, It was the first one to get over 100 likes, which we called favorites back
0: then. Oh, yeah, they were stars back then.
1: And, uh, yeah, I I thought, if this gets 100 likes, I'm doing pretty good. Whereas (laughs) now it's somewhere in the thousands. It's not my top tweet anymore, thank goodness, because I don't want to be known as the penis guy.
0: (laughs) Well, you would be known as the long penis guy, at least. Well...
1: This
0: is true. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then here's one that was maybe slightly underappreciated, but I personally love this one. This is another scenario tweet. There's a sign outside of a butcher shop. It says, Polish sausages, ask us. So you go into the butcher shop and you say, yes, I'm here about the sausage polishing job. Because the word Polish is spelled exactly like the word polish.
1: Yeah, Uh, I was driving through Arvada, Colorado, and there was a butcher shop that had that sign exactly, and I thought, ha ha ha, polished sausages. (laughs) So, yes, yes, very true to life.
0: I'm so glad someone actually wrote that on a sign in real life. Me too.
1: I hope I'm the only one who (laughs) noticed it. Actually, no, I hope everybody noticed it. It's just, uh,
0: just... Goes to indicate that the world is full of wonders if you only look for them.
1: Yes, if you only keep your eyes open, you will see more amazing things in one day than you could imagine or even dream of.
0: <laughs> okay, it's question time. All right, gear up. This is part two of the podcast. If you need a drink of Erin put that down your gullet, and then we're going to get to the questions. All right. First question comes from our pal, Ben who is at Van Gogh Uh His question is, how can mirrors be real if our eyes aren't real?
1: <laughs> that sounds like it was stolen from Jaden Smith.
0: No. I think that's just for you. I think that's directed at you personally.
1: That could very well be directed directly toward me. Well, oh, regardless,
0: uh, what's the answer?
1: I don't have a sensible answer for that because it's not what I would call a sensible question. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it does make you think.
0: <laughs> there you go. Ben, it makes you think. The next one comes from the Cray Master at JM Boyd58. Uh, does he just wake up that sexy? I, I believe he's referring to you.
1: Yes, James, yes, I do. Um, I wake up, jump out of bed, and look in the mirror, and I say, Man, look at that sexy man beast. (laughs) And then I go about my day. I don't do anything special. I don't use any hair products. I don't have uh, makeup artists. I am just naturally this great. Thank you, James.
0: I knew it all along. (laughs) I did. Next one comes from Stephen Skinner. Uh, who has his own podcast at uh, Friends of the Show, which is a very good podcast. Definitely check that one out, uh, much like this one where he talks to his favorite Twitter people and we find out more about them. Uh, but his question says, Dave, well, your name is Dave Cactus. What, if any, traits do you share with cacti?
1: Hmm. Well, I live in an arid environment. Um, I guess that's probably about it as you can tell from the video feed i'm not very cactus like in appearance and i just felt you're like not it was a good name prickly
0: actually no, cuddly like yeah, a teddy bear yeah you're more cuddly you're like if a cactus was only that fuzz that's on the outside of a cactus and none of those spiky thorny things
1: hmm that's a good observation
0: Um, next one comes from a lovely lady known as Jane Cactus, perhaps, uh, perhaps someone special. Uh, She says, can he open a Capri Sun on the first try?
1: I'm going to have to say no to that. I've failed many times at opening Capri Suns and just cut the corner off and poured it into a glass.
0: (laughs) That's one way to solve it.
1: Yeah, that's definitely the scrub way out of it, but I guess so be it. Who
0: Who has that tweet where the they um in the in the tweet they're playing the a character that's uh, a nurse that's about to draw someone's blood and before before he draws the blood he says something like, Let me just uh have a sip of Capri Sun before I draw it and then he tries to poke the straw into the Capri Sun multiple times without puncturing it.
1: Oh, oh, I think I don't it might know be Timmy, it is, but I know the tweet.
0: Okay, I'll I'll retweet that one after we're done here cuz I, I just butchered it. But that's a good tweet that okay. everybody should see. Uh, next one comes from @Ilikecatshirts, Cat Friendship Club. Uh, which describes his karate best? 1, wild like a hurricane or 2, disciplined like a disciplined hurricane?
1: I'm going to have to go with Disciplined Hurricane,
0: 100%. Next question from the local butt liker at Pork Your Pine. What wouldn't you do for a Klondike bar?
1: <laughs> well, local butt liker, I guess that's, a, <laughs> that's what I would call an empty list. <laughs> Thank you, Cody, I appreciate that. <laughs>
0: there you have it Dave will do literally anything for a Klondike bar
1: literally anything
0: Uh, Rob Elliott at Rocky Momax he says are you going to give me a hug when we go to the Miami Denver game Miami Denver game also can you punch at Woody B in the liver
1: (laughs) Um, the answer to both of those excellent questions is yes I will give you multiple hugs when I arrive in Miami, and there will be multiple liver punches also.
0: (laughs) Everybody's happy. Uh, Mike Bigby, at Mike Bigby. Uh, This is more of a complaint, although it's framed like a question. He says, will he ever put one of my tweets on his damn sign?
1: Not if you continue with that language, mister. Mm. But yes, I have been looking at your tweets, and... I have a backlog of several friends who I would love to put on the sign when
0: time That's comforting to hear you have a backlog. I didn't want to think that you were just picking them willy-nilly whenever you uh, had a moment to put the sign together. No, not at all. Uh, the Captain Now, at Captain Calvis. We know this guy. Why, why is Captain Calvis your favorite tweeter?
1: This question was posed to me before Captain Calvis came to Denver and big-timed me by not showing up for our planned meetup, so Mm. I'm gonna just go ahead and throw that one right out. Sorry, Calvis.
0: (laughs) In your face, Kellen. Your question will not be answered today. (laughs) Next question comes from Mason, at Mason with a pen. Uh, I believe that you two have developed some sort of uh, amalgamation of a character called Dason which is your name and her name combined and I I believe that you've created a separate person out of this and uh, Mason's question says what does Dason just want to do?
1: Dason just wants to help. (laughs) As an amusing side note uh, the amalgamation picture that somebody made possibly you made of my picture and hers, which included a mustache and long hair uh, I put up for the picture on that profile and it's Jason
0: horrifying
1: got their first DM and it was a penis
0: <laughs> Congratulations, Dayson.
1: I, I was very horrified by that and have not logged into the account since so thank you random penis sending internet stranger
0: were you fishing for a penis? I was not. Well, there you go. People will just throw them at you at, or at Dayson. That's the internet Dason for you. A, attracts penises. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, was, I wasn't the one who made that pick, but I did recently do a face swap with or a face combination with you and me. So that might be what you're thinking of.
1: Uh, that yes. one was,
0: was. Uh, I, I, I found it handsome, to be honest with you how could it not be <laughs> how could it not be uh, here's another one from local butt liker how big is your peen
1: um the only correct answer to that is bigger than yours
0: Mm-hmm. next one from elvish presley uh your favorite black and white movie
1: sunset boulevard with gloria swanson
0: you didn't even have to think about that one that suge was... knight are those mutton chops real Uh, I should say, for anybody listening who's never seen a picture of you, you have these glorious big mutton chops, and you have a nice mustache as well.
1: Well, thank you. And yes, they're totally real. Um, I've had them on and off, mostly on, since I saw the movie 3,000 Miles to Graceland.
0: I don't think I know that movie. Is that an Elvis movie?
1: It's a Kurt Russell movie. It's full of Elvis impersonators.
0: And does Kurt Russell have big mutton chops like that?
1: He does. They're very attractive on him.
0: Okay. Uh, as on you as well. Thank you. Here's Kellen again. What made you laugh the hardest recently? Do you have a do you have a memory of laughing hard in <clears throat> the recent past?
1: You no, know, I really don't. I, I read a lot of funny tweets throughout the day, and I laugh at them, but I can't say which one was the most recent. Um... I did do you go do a through, lot of... Uh, no, go ahead, sorry. I uh, I did go through my tweet sign collection, which is full of what I consider some of the best tweets of all time from my friends. The uh, tweet from Space Girl about go fish with pizza slices. I always imagine that one. <laughs> you
0: know,
1: imagine seeing pizza slices face down, the table being all greasy. Oh, look, pepperoni and mushroom. Go fish! <laughs> of course, the, the great tweet about having been around the block but asking what is kissing by markedly is an excellent
0: tweet i'll have to look that one up i don't think i know that one
1: it's a good one i'll retweet it for you after the show
0: oh that'd be nice
1: but no i don't have one in specific i'm sorry kellen i've shot you down two times in a row on the same podcast
0: <laughs> do you uh do you actually physically laugh out loud a lot when you read tweets?
1: I do, and if I ever say LOL in any of the DM rooms, rest assured, I'm actually laughing out loud. Oh,
0: okay. It is to be believed. It is. Um, In the picture that I chose of you to put in the tweet asking for questions, you are driving a a beautiful old car, and you are lifting one of your eyebrows. It's kind of a saucy, sexy eyebrow lift. So this next question is from our friend... Oh, I the Woo who <laughs> <laughs> we uh talked about a little bit earlier. He says, Where did you buy that invisible pulley to lift your eyebrow?
1: Well, believe it or not, Woo, um it's a it's a natural talent. And anytime I'm giving an eyebrow raised photo on the internet, especially on Twitter, it's a tribute to Michael, home halfway. He's got an eyebrow raised his avatar
0: (laughs) there there was a time that you and a bunch of other people um put together uh, um, um, a montage of eyebrow lifts for michael which i thought was so sweet
1: we did we were thinking of michael and that's the one thing you can think of when you look at his picture he's got the eyebrow raised and he's looking off to the side that's how i imagine him even though i've met him in person and he very rarely if ever does make that face
0: uh, when he was on, I believe I asked him if he can do it with both eyebrows, if he can alternate, and he could. Can you? Mm, yeah, Definitely quite. better There's, with the okay. left. There's one. One, and the other doesn't quite do it independently. No. It's like you have to lift both to do that other one.
1: It's a lot harder.
0: Yeah, that's the way I am too. I can do just the one, but if I try with the other one, doesn't work.
1: Very peculiar. Michael's got us beat.
0: Michael, that's why he's special. Uh, oh, here's from one from Morgan, at house underscore feminist. Uh, and this one, you'll have to give a, a, a slight bit of backstory. She says, what's the best way to make sure both teams just have fun?
1: <laughs> well, the best way is, of course, to take your sign saying, I just hope both teams have fun to an NFL game. Which I actually did in tribute to a Rocky Momax tweet in which he says that he's at an NFL game holding up such a sign. Um, I went through the effort to make that sign and take it to the New Orleans Superdome for a Broncos at Saints game. And it became famous enough that people are independently doing it off of Twitter now. And neither Rob nor myself are collecting any sort of royalties. But I, I like to feel like we're the two dads of that particular internet happening now.
0: That's so cool. I love how dedicated you were. And also, you you were diligent. You did your due diligence because you uh, on the sign, you attributed it to his Twitter profile, at RockyMomax. You, you were did. sure to include that on the sign.
1: I did, and I painstakingly included his dog avatar, which is very silly.
0: <laughs> well, that's another thing that you can do, is you can also draw and illustrate god damn it
1: dave <laughs> i'm sorry i'll stop
0: <laughs> uh here's one from sarah at catstronomical what what is the farthest distance you've traveled for a tweet up and what is the farthest distance you would travel for a tweet up
1: the farthest distance i traveled was when i went to philadelphia to meet upside down trash and trojan sauce um if you're familiar with tom trojan sauce He's got kind of a, a off-putting, maybe an insulting personality online, but in person... Oh, does he? I,
0: I hadn't noticed.
1: Well, it, you kind of have to dig deep. But uh, in person, I will assure you that he is just as insulting, but he's also <laughs> very friendly. The first thing I did before I even said hello to him was hug him. Aww. Uh-huh. And the furthest distance I would travel... uh. I wouldn't put a limit on it. If I had the means to make it to the International Space Station for a tweet up, I would go. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> let's schedule that one. That sounds fun. Let's
0: do it. Let's, let's get together on 80 or 90 of our closest Twitter friends and let's meet on the uh International Space Station. Let's do it. Schedule it. Next uh, let's let's say next summer. Everybody? Okay, get you that's a year. So everybody, you have plenty of time to plan and to pool your resources, and then we'll, we'll see you next August on the International Space Station. Book it. I'm ready. Uh, at Dorsal Stream, RM, what gave you the idea to put tweets up on the sign?
1: Uh, well, I think we covered that. Uh, it was a suggestion by me that was kind of half-heartedly joking, but... I got such a such a good response from Will on that. People would love seeing their words up on a sign. I had to do it, and I have to say I I not only enjoy putting the tweets up there, but I enjoy the responses from people when their tweets do get up there. It seems like everybody is very happy. They're very grateful to have their words up for every random person in Denver to drive by and look at and be puzzled (laughs) by. So I will continue to do it as long as I can.
0: I gotta say, when when I see that you post a new tweet with a picture of someone on the sign, like a new person gets on the sign, I am always genuinely happy for that person, because I know what it means, and I I love it too. So I hope you don't mind that I I take a little um, satisfaction in that too, it it makes me happy.
1: Well, you should, and I always hope when I post one up that people will go and find the original tweet and give it a retweet or at least a like. (laughs)
0: You always, always do it as an at-reply to the original tweet, and then you, you pretty much always remind people to go to the original and take care of that one, too.
1: I do, because there's nothing worse than my picture getting all of the, all the likes and then the original getting ignored, which has happened once or twice in the past.
0: But Dave Cactus does Twitter right. Uh, Let's see. Okay, here's another one from Llama in a Tux. This one's another one about the sign. He says, what's harder, to get into Harvard or to get onto that sign?
1: I would say, based on the number of people who've been into Harvard, it's much harder to get on the sign. Harvard probably sees more than 42 people. (laughs) So, there you go. Wow, what an exclusive club that is.
0: That's technically true, isn't it? (laughs) Um, do you know this person NERP at cathetes, cathetes rats do you know that person I don't think so okay. I'm not going to ask this question then because it's, it's not a serious question and it might be interpreted as mean so I'm not even going to ask it we'll skip over that one and we'll get to the the last question I have for you from these people and this is from our good friend Adam Broud. he has a three part question he says, number one, how many times have people said, oh, you must be tired, tired of your job to uh, you? Because you work at a tire facility.
1: That's the first time I've
0: heard that one. So <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Adam, you take the inaugural position on it. <laughs> number two, how's your mom? My mom is fine.
1: Uh, She had a small accident with the motorcycle, and she's doing fine. Thank you for asking.
0: And number three, Hi-C or Capri Sun? Also why, also when?
1: So that sounds like five questions. Um, (laughs) I'll go with Hi-C because it generally comes out of the dispensers at McDonald's, and it's easier to obtain than trying to stab... Straw into a small container, and when when is a bad time for high sea orange flavored drink?
0: Mm, fantastic point. Um. Okay, and then I have two questions I meant to get to of my own that I didn't, and then we'll wrap up. Okay. So okay, the first one is an easy one. Uh, I would like for you to chronicle your hairstyles throughout your life.
1: Hmm. Okay. Up to about ninth grade, I had the bowl cut that was ever so popular.
0: Uh, oh, after... um, Andrew Chalmings had a bowl cut, too.
1: Yep, pretty similar to his. After that, I had kind of a squared-off cool guy do, where it was just a little bit longer in the back. Not quite mullet style. After just that, of course, more. I went straight onto the mullet, Randy okay. Travis look. That was enjoyable only to me. Everybody else thought it was terrible. (laughs) Um, I've had long hair three different occasions. The last time it was five years without being cut and it was almost to my belt. And ever since then I've had this pretty cool pompadour kind of thing going on. Much I don't do anything to it but comb it straight back because I'm very lazy.
0: What made you cut off all your long hair?
1: Uh, One time I lost a bet and the result was I had to shave my head. I hated it. Second time was to get a job at Arby's which was not worthwhile (laughs) but I did it. And the third time was to get a job at Firestone.
0: Okay. Would you ever consider growing it back?
1: I would but there's a lot of gray in it now. It would look a lot different than it did 10 years.
0: I mean that's Possibly true, but I I also think that you would make a handsome salt and pepper ponytail type of gentleman.
1: Well, thank you. If I ever consider doing such, I will credit you for giving me the encouragement. Oh, you I don't need.
0: have to do that. You you take all the credit for your own handsomeness. Little stop. <laughs> and then the last question I have for you is uh, it's it's based off of everything I've learned about you that I've come to admire which is how sweet you are and, and funny, how much you care about people, um, and how you kind of prioritize your life to make everyone feel good around you. Um, these are just like such wonderful traits that I see and I try to emulate as much as I can, but um, I'm not you, you know, I'm a different person. But still, I, I I wonder if you have any advice that you can share with people maybe like a mantra that you live by or a code that you live by or any any sort of advice that someone has shared with you that you go back to again and again on just how to how to live a life
1: hmm. Well, i don't really have a, a mantra of any sort but uh you know a lot of times in life you look at helping somebody and what's the cost what's the cost in being nice nothing Want to hold a door for somebody? Doesn't cost you anything but a couple of seconds of your time. If I want to showcase somebody's tweets, hey, look at these tweets, what does that cost me? A few button clicks, early onset (laughs) carpal tunnel of my right thumb, (laughs) live with that. You know, if it makes somebody's day to do so, it was well worth whatever effort you put into it. There was a time recently when I was in Chicago Spending time with Jane, who's my girlfriend, by the way. <gasps> oh, my God. And Ash, who is uh, now adult mom on Twitter, was having a bad day. And she said, you know, I really wish I could throw a latte in somebody's face. <laughs> I said, would that make you feel better? She said, yes, it would. So we took a video of Jane throwing a latte in my face in a bathroom. <laughs> spent half an hour cleaning it up, but the whole net effect was that it made Ash happy.
0: It really did. It really made her happy. I was there.
1: (laughs) It was well worth all the effort involved.
0: Well, I love that. What's the cost? And you're right. It's almost always worth whatever investment it must be. It's usually a very small investment, too. Uh, So I love that. And Dave, I absolutely love you. And um, this has been such a thrill for me just to talk to you for an hour.
1: Mark, I'm honored to have been included. I I wish we could talk like this all the time. Maybe go hang out. Go to a Yankees game. I'll find somewhere else to park.
0: (laughs) Put me down for that. Yeah, you can park in front of my apartment. We'll take the subway in, okay? Oh, perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, let's say we are friends. Will you do that with me?
1: yes
0: we are friends wait (laughs) all right let's let's say it together three two one we We are friends friends there we are dave have a glorious day all right thanks so much
1: mark thank you for spending a couple hours with me i really greatly appreciate it
0: likewise bye-bye